0: Yo, what up, Street Talks There, Kim, or right, the Thought. Um, I wanted to share with you some thoughts on uh, black and white photography, how you could also master monochrome. So, so the the first question we got to think about is, you know, why monochrome? And this is a question that's very interesting to me because, you know, I kind of like this quote. I I don't know if it's Heraclitus or one of the pre-Socratics or kind of a Zen Buddhist Taoist notion is where you begin is where you shall end up. And, you know, starting off uh, photography, digital photography, I shot with a Canon SD-600, I still remember. I think it's like a one megapixel digital point-and-shoot. And And from the get-go, color digital photography was kind of aesthetically ugly to me. And um, black and white was my initial joy and beauty because it just aesthetically looked nicer and also um, black and white was able to help simplify the scene so with black and white monochrome i was able to better see compositions shapes textures and so forth and it just felt more aesthetically beautiful or artistic and even nowadays um you know i like to shoot both monochrome and color but i think what it is is um the the periods where I get bored of monochrome, shooting color is useful because shooting color reinvokes my interest and passion for monochrome, and I find it to be even more beautiful, and and I think for me, so at the end of the day in photography, ninety percent of my passion is probably monochrome, ten percent is uh, in color, and certainly is different for everybody. Um, but my my biggest thought about monochrome is the reason why monochrome is more artistic is that it disdains reality it doesn't look like reality and i think this is an important concept because too often we try to think about capturing photos which are like photorealistic. but now if we think of us photographers as more artists visual artists then perhaps the the better goal is to make photos that look as unreal to reality as possible. And so there are certain concepts and principles which are useful to making more powerful uh, monochrome images. So one of them is uh, figure to ground, figure is your subject, ground is your background, and in other ways, contrast. And so uh, one way to achieve better figure to ground in your photos is uh, using a flash. So this is a photo I shot in downtown LA in 2011. And sometimes people don't like to be have their faces photographed, but I said, "Oh, you know, I love your fingernails. Can I photograph your fingernails instead?" Shot this with a Leica M9. Um, used the, the Leica, I think, SF20 flash or whatever, and I just focused on her hands. So one of the main reasons why figured ground is important is that if there's not clear separation between the subject matter and the background. Visually, it's, it's kind of a little bit difficult to see what's um, what's going on. So different different ways you could test whether your figure ground is good. So in Photoshop, there's something called Gaussian Blur, and if you apply the Gaussian Blur filter, you could kind of get better sense of the shapes and the outline of the image. And so you can see we have a nice relatively clean background, black background, and then you have the white grays of the hands which kind of pop out. Uh, Another, another pro tip to better uh, see the figure around your photos is by inverting it. So here we've inverted the image and now there's a clean white background and just the black figures. So you can see it kind of looks like a Rorschach inkblot test and there's still enough separation between the hands and the background. So visually, even if you take a step back or you kind of squint your eyes, you could still see kind of what's going on. And to even further uh, accentuate this, um, increasing the the curves on the image. Now you could really kind of get a sense of visually what's kind of going on. And so I think the name of the game is uh, trying to achieve some sort of separation between the subject matter and the background. So here it is outlined in red. And that's kind of essentially the visual gist of the image. And you can see here, outlined in blue, this is the negative space in between the hands. So one of the primary mistakes we often do in photography, black and white photography, is when the subject matter is overlapped, or I think maybe they call it occluded in computer vision, uh, our our brain is not able to visually separate the two. So having some sort of separation between the elements is uh, very effective. So you can see I've kind of darkened the hands here get a better sense of the separation. So like, for example, you're photographing people or hands just have things separated a little bit. And um, a lot of this comes from uh, this notion of gestalt theory is that, you know, in between you could kind of see things which are there. So in figure A, you know, you could either see three Pac-Man or you could see the triangle which exists in between. And the funny thing is the human mind is quite incredible because if you look at figure A, there is actually technically no triangle in the center. It's it's our minds which fill in the blanks. It's like a, a visual autocomplete. Um, same thing in figure B. A lot of us see continuity in this line, but in fact, it's actually two more like a, apostrophe figures. If you look at figure C, it kind of looks like the <laughs> Super Mario, one of those 3D spike balls, but actually, in fact, there is no spherical 3D ball. Our brain comes up with this and, and D you might see like a Loch Ness monster and stuff like that and so essentially the the I think the reason why black and white is so interesting is that because it hides certain information it gives us the viewer the photographer or the participant to fill in the blanks with our own imagination so anything that could provide more imagination um, the better so also something that's interesting for me in photography in black and white is composition. And I tend to think that composition works better in black and white because it allows us to distill the image to focus on the composition. Now, I love color photography and certainly you could do this with color photography, but black and white just kind of simplifies it, makes it easier. So this is one photo that I shot of uh, Cindy. And you know, this notion of the golden section is called the golden triangle, The golden rectangle, the golden mean, stuff like that. Essentially the general gist is um, in nature there tends to be certain growth patterns and proportions which there's a, creates something called fractals which is like this law of self-similarity and uh, a simple way to just kind of diagram this is just draw a diagonal from one corner to the other roughly a perpendicular 45 degree angle and your eyes tend to just kind of you know, end up here, and if you think about like the Fibonacci spiral, our eyes kind of go to that spot. So once again, you could take the Fibonacci spiral and kind of overlay it over your images to get a better sense of uh, how the compositions work. And if you look at the different color blocks I've created, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, it kind of goes through the spiral, and eventually your eyes start end up around here another quick way you could see this in uh, Photoshop uh, sorry Lightroom is you open up the picture in Lightroom classic um, and you press the develop you press the little crop button hotkeys R, and you could press the hotkey o to change the over overlays so here you could see the golden triangle grid pattern over the images and the hotkey, uh, the one of the tips is when you press, you could just you know go through it. If you press Shift and O at the same time, it will actually change the orientation of your grid. So you could kind of play around with that in uh, in Lightroom. So, what makes a great monochrome photo or image? And I think there's obviously a quadrillion different things, but if I could distill it most simply, I think it comes down to emotion. You know, the visual impact, how you feel about the photo is you know the you know now we talk a lot about like emotional iq or whatnot but typically we humans tend to remember emotions more than you know kind of empirical fact-based things so anything that you could do to maximize them the emotion in a photo uh, the better and so this is like one photo that i shot in uh, cuba and it's kind of to me a personal photo it's like a father and this child and it kind of reminds me of the pieta. But the, the fact that the, the dad's face is obscured in black is quite effective. And the fact that you can see this slaughter, to me, it feels very intimate and very personal. And that's the emotion I get from the photo. It makes it a, an, an effective one for me. And the second part of what makes a, a great black and white image is aesthetics. So aesthetics comes from Greek asceticos, I think, and it generally means perception. How do we perceive an image from the geometry, shapes, lines, forms, et cetera? and you know there's lots of different principles when it comes to composition but even like this picture it was in tokyo i had a clear umbrella shot with the rico gr2 p mode with a flash through the clear umbrella and as a uh, as a result it brought up all these nice little white dots which are just the the rain splatter on the umbrella and It's kind of nice because it adds a nice little repetition to the photo and it's just like a nice aesthetic which actually enhances the mood of this photo which is like a little bit like dark and gloomy but I think it actually makes it a little bit more uh, beautiful. Uh, There's also this notion that goes back to like Leonardo da Vinci Renaissance times. Um, It's an Italian word, chiaroscuro, which essentially means in English clear plus obscure, chiaro, chiaro (laughs) in English, American English. It just means clear, oscuro means obscure. So what that means is, in your photographs, to make a more visually powerful, impactful image, you need some of it which is clear and some of it which is uh, obscure. So in this photograph, the clear part, the chiaro part is um, the man's face, and the oscuro part is the black background. Uh, A photo I shot recently of uh, Cindy the light source is behind her, and what is obscured is her eyes, and half her nose and half her lips, but that's what's also clear is part of her nose, her lips, and the hand gesture. So I think that more visually impactful monochrome images tend to be the images where it doesn't tell the full story. So by obscuring parts of your frame and also bringing others to light, Once again, it allows the viewer to use their imagination to fill in the details and therefore become more engaged. It becomes like a visual puzzle. Like, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on. And so try not to, so uh, the practical thing you could do is like shoot minus one or minus two exposure compensation. If you want to darken the darks or plus one plus two exposure compensation plus if you want to brighten up the image to also make things a little bit more obscure. And one tip I have something you could do is you could uh, invert your photos. So here by inverting the photo, you can see there's actually still no detail in the shadows. Um, And I've been playing around a lot with my images in um, Procreate on the iPad. This is the halftone filter. So it could help you better distill the composition of the image. Another different type of the halftone filter. So you could still kind of get a general gist of the hand gesture, the face, the nose, the head, kind of like Picasso cubism vibes. This is actually a sketch cindy did of herself in procreate which i think is quite beautiful um, something i did in procreate was i generally i just drew the gist of the image so said that this is the photo i'm like hmm i imported the photo into procreate i'm like if i could just do a bunch of squiggles in calligraphy how would it feel and so for me this is like the visual distillation of how it feels like this is her head and that's the gesture and the motion of the hand um, this is also me just using procreate to create an abstract image of just how it feels. So this is kind of like her head, her hand, and this is the dynamism of the image. And so in creating more impactful images, simple things you could do is obscure the face. This is a photo I shot on Tokyo, part of my Dark Skies Over Tokyo series. I intentionally actually burned in his face in Photoshop, and by obscuring his face, he could become anybody, which is more interesting visually. Uh, the fun thing I was I was curious I'm like hmm is there still details in this image so I busted out the the curves function and actually in fact the face does exist which is which is always quite fun right inverted another technique is creating silhouettes so the nice thing with silhouettes is you could see the outline of someone's face and stuff like that and it obscures the the subject but also what's clear is the the backgrounds and uh, a pro tip when you're photographing uh, silhouettes of people's faces make sure there's just enough white space around the head to kind of make sure the the nose or another element of the face isn't cut out. Uh, another thing you could do with black and white and I think the reason why black and white is so interesting is that uh, black and white in itself is surreal we don't see the black the world in black and white we see it in color and therefore the more you could enhance the sense of surrealism, uh, the better. So for example, uh, this photograph uh, in Cuba, uh, Cindy, you can see her eyes are cut out, which makes it more mysterious, but then you see an eye here. So you could, you know, even fill in the blanks and think that, Oh, her eyes here could actually belong here. So it's like kind of, you know, face shifting, a- Alex Webb does this a lot in his photos, which makes for fun surrealism. So the practical takeaway is if you're photographing your subjects, cut off their eyes or half their face and tried to add another face somewhere else. Looks like a headless horseman. And I think the reason why this is also quite surreal, I shot this in Sapa in uh, Vietnam. He has the butcher knife. It looked like he could have chopped off his own head and I kind of like the leading line here. I wish there was a little more white separation here, but c'est la vie. Another photograph of... Um, kind of one of the oxen or bulls or, you know, water buffalo coming at me. And I just got in front, shot negative exposure compensation. It was quite misty. And I kind of like this kid in the background. And then um, the sense of surrealism is that, oh, this might look like some sort of devil ox or something kind of coming at me. Another thing I've been experimenting with is uh, low versus high, high dynamic range in photography. So I think there's still so much unpaved ground in black and white photography even though it's been around uh, forever typically the main innovations is just obviously black and white photography and then high contrast grainy gritty black and white photography but I don't really see as many people doing like HDR high dynamic range of black and white photography where you're kind of bringing out more details between the darker parts and the lighter parts of the frame and so that's something I've been experimenting with where on my Ricoh GR3 I'll shoot in the the JPEG uh, HDR function and then I'll import it into my uh, computer and then I'll later convert to black and white in Lightroom or even the default Apple Photos app, adding the noir filter and so forth. And it's kind of nice because um, typically the reason I don't like HDR photography by default's color is that it, it almost looks a little bit too hyper reality where aesthetically there's just too much detail looks ugly to me. So black and white kind of softens it out. So for example, this is a photo we shot at the beach and it's like 32 degrees like frozen um initially shot at high contrast black and white and there just wasn't enough detail which didn't make it as interesting so i ended up shooting hdr went home converted to black and white and while it still tends to be a little bit more too much detail for me i still kind of do like the fact that i could see the details in the the sand details in the water and the sky so i think moving forward i'll try to tone this down a little bit if you convert it uh, if you invert it you could better see the details as well and a fun thing I've been doing procreate, uh, adding gradient maps. So you could even take your images and make into more other forms of interesting uh, visual arts. And even if you had a Gaussian Blurred, you could still see Cindy's still the darkest figure here. you got the black fence, you got the kind of the white of the skies, you have the grays here. So even in terms of the color tones, or the black and white tones it's it's quite balanced Um, another technique you could do and this is pretty popular among street photographers is crushing the blacks and the basic notion is in photoshop or or in lightroom or photo uh, cool apple photos there's a black slider is that if you drag it to one extreme it totally obscures what's in the darker regions of the photos and i kind of like it too because once again it adds more strong visual impact this shot with the flash and so Increasing contrast is a kind of a aesthetically cool one. Uh, this is shot at the Huan Kiem uh, Lake in, uh, in Hanoi. And this is actually interesting. I shot this on the Ricoh GR2 program mode during the day with a flash. And the flash was able to just kind of lighten up these flowers, so I also like the silhouette of the man. I see his eyelashes and a little bit of the separation here. Uh, shot you know, of a woman's hands in Paris. Uh, shot this on the Ricoh GR2 with a flash program mode uh, macro mode and actually the original image there's like a little bit of her bag or sweater here or something and then in uh, Lightroom I use the exposure adjustment brush and I just burned it up and so I mean it's funny because a lot of people oh but that's cheating I'm like yeah but like my friend Soren says if you could use it back in the film dark room the digital (laughs) Lightroom it's probably fine too but uh, the more and more I'm thinking about photography I mean There's no such thing as a sacred photograph is. We should just be making photos which bring us visual joy and delight. So essentially there are no rules. Another photograph of a woman uh, in Vietnam, uh, 92 years old. And I just love photographing hands and textures. It's, I think often someone's hands could actually tell a better story than their own face. Another pro tip, uh, following the eyes, which what that means is when you look at a photograph, your eyes will track the eyes of the subject in the image. So in this picture, you know I asked Cindy to look up and you can see her eyes are looking upwards and therefore as a viewer, your eyes will also follow. And this is something called arabesque, A-R-A-B-E-S-Q-U-E, which essentially is just like a squiggly line. A lot of um, Middle Eastern Arabic artists realize that squiggly lines are much more dynamic than just straight lines. And what I love about the image is that it kind of gives you a sense of like, your eyes are going beyond the frame. And so to realize that philosophically, photos aren't self-contained, it better highlights the beautiful reality of life, that real life, that embodied reality that exists beyond the frame. And the last concept I wanted to share is this notion of the will to simplicity. And nice Steve Jobs quote, simple can be harder than complex you have to work hard to get your thinking clean to make it simple but it's worth it and because once you get there you can move mountains from his uh, biography by Walter Isaacson huge Steve Jobs fanboy and I think the ultimate name of the game in photography is you're trying to create the optimally most emotionally impactful and also visually impactful photo from aesthetics but also still trying to balance that delicate line between too complicated, but you want to kind of keep it simple. So, I generally think there's a difference between complicated and complex. Complicated is bad, complex could be good. So, to make something simple, you could have lots of different complex things in a frame. So, for example, there's this hexagonal shape. I'm shooting over a shoulder, so there's layers here, hand gestures here, but it's simple enough because it's a relatively white background and there's no other distracting elements. So as a black and white photographer and visual artist, try to think about this notion of simplicity to that most where you're trying to take the insane, complicated, complex nature of reality to simplify it to best highlight the signal of beauty in life, of your loved ones and of reality and existence.